Blog Talk Radio. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 620th edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. I'm your host, Daniel Feuerstein. I'll give you American perspective of our clubs, leagues, players, national team, and other fabulous moments. Get your daily reading from me and other writers over at Beyond the 90 at beyondthe90.substack.com and locally at Red Bull News Network. But as always, this show is dedicated to the American game in our country Chat room is open. Come on in. Discuss amongst yourselves if you like. You have a question for me and my guest. We'll try to answer to our best of our abilities. And apologies for the technical issues. Once uh, again, Blog Talk Radio was having issues connecting to the uh, switchboards uh, through the Skype. And so finally it's fixed and we can finally talk about this issue that popped up on December 15th, Friday, December 15th, when Major League Soccer originally attempted to opt out of the U.S. Open Cup and substituting their first division teams would be their MLS Next Pro Division Three teams. Joining me to discuss this moment is, of course, Carter Krishnire from World Soccer Talk and Beyond the 90, and we can finally get underway. And, Carter, you know, this was probably the biggest outrage in the history of American soccer news, American soccer period, when Don Garber... And a majority, not a favorable majority, obviously, because unfortunately, the yays to opt out edged out the nays to opt out. Because we all know there are MLS clubs out there that do consider this tournament to be important to the landscape of what makes this game great, not just here in our country, but of course what goes on in Europe and South America, our neighbors in the region of CONCACAF. I'm assuming they also do this in Asian countries for football, for African countries for football. Uh, Not aware about the Oceania Confederation, if they do have clubs there as well, and they do have knockout football competition there too. But, you know... This entire situation was basically a gigantic farce of the worst kind when Don Garber informed the U.S. Soccer Federation and tried to hide it on a Friday news dump on December the 15th that they were going to opt out their first division clubs from the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah, that was one of the things that really struck me about this whole thing, Daniel, was that MLS inherently knew it was going to be um, badly received, poorly received, in spite of how they tried to spin after, because they dumped it at 5.07 p.m. Uh, you're the one who timestamped it, so thank you to you for uh, timestamping this for the world to see. 5.07 p.m. on a Friday afternoon during the holiday season, right? It was the... Uh, the previous night had been the last night of Hanukkah, actually. So they, they dumped it right in the middle of, of, uh, of the holiday season uh, in a news dump. I do think there were some conflicting views within the MLS family. And, and, and 
Um, there were some people, I, I, I can't, the reporting is all over on this. There were some people who told me they believed Don Garber actually did not want to opt out uh, of the Open Cup, but he wanted to make a, a, a provision that would make things easier for the 10 MLS teams that are in CONCACAF Champions Cup, and that then the owners of some of the less ambitious teams, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, just said, hey, no, no, we, 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 want, uh, we want that too. We, we, want, uh, we don't really want to compete. That's one version of events. Another version of events I've heard is that Garber himself pushed it. So I don't know actually where the momentum or motivation within the MLS community came to do this, but the bottom line is once they did it and they closed ranks and they uh, informed the Federation of their intentions, uh, it was game on, and MLS as an entity comes out of this looking very bad. And MLS comes out of this, as an entity, uh, maybe not weaker from a financial standpoint, but certainly weaker in the minds of a lot of people around the game in this country. And, and, and uh, it's the sort of behavior that, Daniel, I have to admit, a lot of people warned me about, uh, that MLS w- w- would eventually come to a point where they were so big and they felt that they were, um, their influence superseded that of the Federation and of uh, other soccer entities in this country that they would – pull this sort of power play. Now, I tend to be skeptical of MLS in many ways, but I also did not think uh, so lowly of MLS that they would pull this. I actually would push back when people would tell me that. I would say, no, they, 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 they will push it to the limit, but they will remain a partner within the U.S. soccer family of leagues. Well, clearly, I was wrong. And um, Friday night, uh, whatever that date was, December 19th, correct? Was that right? No, 15th. December 16th. December the 15th. Yep, game was on, right, at 5.07 p.m. Yeah, it really was. And, you know, when I saw the news and um, my uh, colleague at Red Bull News Network, Anthony Merced, uh, informed me about what happened, I was livid. I was upset. I was angry. Uh, You were angry. And then... When you go to social media, whether it be X, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, whatever you want to use for your social media uh, consumption, the outrage was palpable, Kardec, from every single supporters group of all 26 American Major League Soccer clubs were upset, whether it be one group or an entire section, no matter you know what part of the stadiums that you are in, whether you're in Austin, whether you're in St. Louis, whether you're in Columbus, the Nordecki, uh, the uh, South Ward at Red Bull Arena that comprises of the Empire Supporters Club and the Viking Army Supporters Club um, and other supporters clubs and other groups in certain sections – you know, they were upset and angry, and there have been complete talks, especially the Independent Supporters Council, that is the independent group that has every single member of all these supporters groups coming together on a summit on how to, you know, to be better with fan behavior and everything. They were upset. They were angry. The anger was palpable because everyone 
who supports this league and supports their respective clubs were not happy when that news broke. And of course, reported by Jeff Reuter of The Athletic, because he's the one that brought it, that reported that article uh, on, on The Athletic website that Major League Soccer was going to opt out their first division teams and substitute their third division teams, which is the MLS Next Pro. Uh, number one, I was happy to see the outrage. I was happy to see the, 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 the upsettingness by the supporters who believe that this tournament is the natural way of having healthy competition up and down, whatever pyramid is still around, is still around Cardiac, because we all know this pyramid is not healthy. But the truth is, everyone knows knockout f- club competition football domestically is to, supposed to prove who is the better club, who is the better league, wherever they start, whether it's in the opening round, the second round, the third round, fourth round, whatever have you, and to become the national champion of the sport in this country. I was happy to see the outrage. Yeah, it was really hard thing to see the outrage, Daniel. I mean, I was a little concerned that there wouldn't be an out- outrage and people would say, ah, you know what, let's just move on, let MLS do what they want. But that's not how people took it. And the bottom line here is that this is a competition that allows, you know, you and I could uh, organize a, a, a group of uh, 15 guys and try and qualify for the Open Cup. And I've seen teams do this actually in the past um, when there were fewer professional teams and there maybe were more good players playing amateur uh, soccer at the time. Um, but it is the essence of football around the globe, domestic cup competition. And um, this is where David can beat Goliath. We've seen it in the DSB Pokal, right? We've seen Bayern Munich in, in, in um, I don't think in successive years, but two of the last three seasons, while they're you know, stro- uh, strolling their way to Bundesliga titles, winning 10 in a row, they have been upset by lower division teams uh, in, in, in the, in the Pokal. We see it all the time in, in, in uh, um, other domestic cop competitions. We've seen it in Copa del Rey. Uh, we see it uh, in, in FA Cup and League, League Cup, although less than we used to. Uh, England has a, sort of a competition problem uh, in, in, in those cup competitions. But still, it's not the same team winning it every year in England. So I, I should concede that. Um, and Leicester won the FA Cup a few years ago. So uh, this is the essence of football. We saw Sacramento get to the final two years ago. And I can't tell you, I, I think people who, who maybe are fans of MLS teams or just around MLS don't understand the importance of this cup to particularly NTSL, uh, USL League Two, uh, and um, uh, clubs in, in, uh, in regional leagues, even in the, in the Southwest Premier League, even in the Gulf Coast, Premier League, uh, the Great Lakes League, that qualifying for the Open Cup is, uh, for them, like winning a trophy. Qualifying for the Open Cup is the goal. In fact, maybe this is um, something NPSL doesn't love, although I think that they've used it to, to their advantage very smartly, um, uh, Cindy and, 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 the, and the crew that runs NPSL. But I know there are NPSL clubs who think, job done. Once they've qualified for the Open Cup, they're not even concerned about winning the league trophy, the league title at that point. 
they want to get into the Open Cup, and they think it's important to their players. They think it's important to their communities. They think it's important to their fans. So it is the essence of the sport in this country, and the one framework that holds the sport together on the men's side is the Open Cup, because you have all these leagues that are different league systems. Uh, USL is a league system. They're not uh, connected to other leagues. MLS now is creating their own league system, which I guess this is part, partly why they did this, because they've uh, chosen to uh, start their own divisions at the lower division level. NISA is effectively – NISA calls themselves an open, open system. I got a press release from them today about open this, open that, which I'm all for. I'm for an open system. But they, too, are effectively a league system with NISA Nation uh, sitting below their professional division as an incubator, uh, which I think is a good thing, by the way. I mean, I do think um, – League systems are better than just having uh, separate close leagues existing in a vacuum. But these are still separate entities. And the only thing that ties them together is this cup competition. And if one of the leagues, and particularly the most visible, most prominent, wealthiest league, the league that has first division status in this country, had walked away from the cup competition as they intended to, um, then it would have been disastrous. It would have been the death of the Open Cup. Uh, last point before we move on. You mentioned social media. And I think uh, Twitter was so important. Obviously, you mentioned Facebook and, and, and threads and Instagram and all that. I think maybe the decisive moments of this were thanks to YouTube. Because the Dan Patrick show, which never covers soccer, by the way, or, you know, occasionally never. Google, like the last day of the – Last year, the Premier League season, when the title is awarded, uh, Dan Patrick will have someone on the next morning to talk Premier League, uh, World Cup, but uh, very rarely, right? He, he went mm-hmm. after it that Monday. That clip goes viral on YouTube. And then our friend Seb Salazar uh, and, and, and Hurt Gomez, two, two, uh, two people I know very well and have so much respect for, they decided to take this on, on ESPN, on Tuesday on Football America, and then uh, on ESPN FC also, Sebi made an appearance and, and uh, uh, you know, was so worked up about it that it made Craig Burley look calm, right, by comparison. And I think those two uh, uh, factors, Dan Patrick Show and uh, ESPN FC, uh, Football America, those, those two things going viral on YouTube really gave U.S. soccer the, uh, the backup they needed beyond everything we were doing. Um, on other platforms, and we were doing organizing with supporters. Um, to give U.S. soccer the strength to say to MLS, no, you can't do this. And that was by uh, Mr. Seaton O'Connor, who is a soccer fan, by the way. He is a supporter of Hartford Athletic of the USL Championship. He is a member of the Dan Patrick Show uh, in the bullpen, obviously, uh, with the Danettes. And uh, when uh, he put it out there about what MLS did, uh, you know, he was not happy about it. And to Seton O'Connor, I say to you, sir, thank you very much for bringing it up on the show. And thank you to the Dan Patrick Show for also putting that little segment on social media, especially on Twitter, and to talk about it on Dan Patrick's show because it is just an absolute disgrace what Major League Soccer did. Now, of course, great job by U.S. Soccer because on Wednesday, December the 20th, U.S. Soccer brought out the official statement and it read 
Major League Soccer has requested to allow MLS Next Pro teams to represent MLS in the 2024 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. After thoughtful consideration, we have informed MLS that the U.S. Soccer staff recommendation, which was adopted by the Pro League Task Force, is that the request be denied. As we move forward, we will continue our review of the Open Cup to ensure it aligns with the U.S. Soccer strategic pillars. We remain committed to addressing the needs and concerns of all of our members, including MLS and other stakeholders, to enhance and improve the U.S. Open Cup. And, Cardick, let me just say this. I'm very happy that U.S. Soccer took a stand on this because this is where they had to put their foot down. Now, obviously, I wish it was a little louder. I wish it was a little more passionate a little more hell, fire, and brimstone. I do understand that they have to be politically correct on this sort of situation. But at the same time, this is the response we all wanted from U.S. soccer. Because you know as well as I do, we have criticized U.S. soccer for anything and everything under the sun, including how they have handled this competition, including how they have governed this competition. But finally, we are seeing some positives coming from U.S. soccer when it comes to the Open Cup because they are starting to now realize that this competition truly matters to everyone. It doesn't just matter to the fans that support clubs at USL Championship, USL League One, League Two, as well as NISA and the NPSL and all the other lower-level amateur sides around our nation, but it also matters to Everyone ports an MLS club in the United States. Yeah, and, and I want to uh, single out a couple of people here. I think the Federation has, has turned a corner in terms of its willingness to take on MLS and govern the game. And, and maybe we'll get a, a little bit into the root causes of why MLS uh, attempted to walk away from the Open Cup. But I want to I thank David Applegate. I think he's done a really good job um, running the Open Cup the last few years. And he... Um, has taken it upon himself, uh, I think, to, to, to promote the Open Cup in the way it wasn't being promoted before. Uh, by the way, when it wasn't being promoted properly, it was being, it, it, the marketing rights were held by Major League Soccer. So um, U.S. Soccer brings the marketing rights back in-house, and we see discernible improvement in how the Open Cup is marketed, how it's framed, how, um, how um, visible it is. And then I think Jeff LaHog, um who's uh, been around U.S. soccer for a long time. I think he's, um, from my understanding, was uh, one of the staff members that recommended that this, uh, um, this be rejected, this, uh, this attempt uh, for MLS to get a waiver. And MLS did follow the proper procedure. You need to get a waiver because they're required under the Pro League standards to play in the U.S. Open Cup. But I understand that they, um, that, 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 that was rejected on staff recommendations. So let's, uh, let's talk about this for a minute. The reality now is U.S. soccer, for the first time in any of our memories, is willing to stand up to MLS and say, we are going to try and be a fair arbiter of the, of the sport. We're going to try and be a fair arbiter of the game in this country. And this is our biggest commercial property outside of the men's and women's national teams, the, uh, the U.S. Open Cup. This is our biggest uh, – um, 
competition. This is the competition we govern. We have some other competitions we govern uh, kind of at a, at a lesser level, lower level, but this is our, our primary competition. How dare you attempt to water down our competition? We're in charge here. The U.S. Open Cup is the national championship, and we're going to move forward under this premise. So it was, it was to me, very good news. It was very good news. I want to pass along some inspiring words from a, uh, a colleague of mine. Now, this is Mr. Taylor Hodges. He covers Birmingham Legion on his podcast called Hammering Down because obviously you use a hammer in Birmingham Legion's uh, crest. And this, I wanted him on the show originally, but he couldn't make it. But the, this, were his, this is his words about this situation. And this is what he texted to me, his words of this uh, current situation. Who is going to regulate who the reserve players are, even if each team submitted a 25-man roster for the U.S. Open Cup? There will be a large number of players who will be regulars of the first teams. There will be players who are the 12th, 13th, 14th, etc., Players on the team who will be playing, we're going to see the U.S. Open Cup diminished no matter what. If a non-MLS team wins, it's because MLS left. If an MLS team wins, the lower leagues aren't worth the competition. The only plus is that it will allow a lower league team a chance to play in the Champions League, but even so, I personally don't believe it will draw as many fans as an MLS team unless it's a massive Liga MX club. It's just an outright disgrace. And that is coming from a gentleman who not only supports a club in this country, a club in the United Soccer Leagues in the Championship League, which is still considered second division under U.S. soccer. That, of course, has a new part owner in former Atlanta Hawks point guard and NBA Hall of Famer Dominique Wilkins, who joined in as a member of the ownership group. This is, a, this is, this is Mr. Kaylor Hodges' thoughts about what if MLS's opt-out did go through and what it, it, what it means if you diminish an MLS club not being a part of this wonderful competition that all of us love so much. Yeah, yeah uh, Mr. Hodges is correct because I, I was told as early as Friday night when we were all panicking and, and, and trying to process the news by uh, people who support MLS. Well, if a USL team can't win the Open Cup now, then maybe that league isn't very good. Uh, it, 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 I mean, it was right in my face. That's what people were saying. Uh, and so that was one scenario. And then the other scenario was if USL, like, like he said, if USL won the Open Cup, it would be, oh, well, if a USL team won an Open Cup, well, that's because MLS teams aren't playing their top guys. Um, a lot of these roster situations are self-inflicted by MLS. There was an MLS uh, co-owner. Um, who no longer is a co-owner of that, that particular MLS club. So uh, if, the, if the people out there want to try and figure out who, who I'm talking about, um, maybe, maybe they'll be able to figure it out, but I'm not going to name the person. But it was an MLS co-owner several years ago who told me, uh, maybe going on 10 years ago now, telling me that um, it was very complicated um, to, um, even if you wanted to play reserve players, 
and the MLS Reserve League, or the MLS had just put their reserve teams back into USL at this point, 2013-2014 time period, when I had this conversation. It's very difficult uh, under MLS roster rules to actually wholesale loan a bunch of guys from the reserve team to the first team uh, under MLS roster rules and then have them compete in the Open Cup. You would also have issues of guys getting cup tied if you wanted to loan them to, uh, at the time, NASL teams, NASL or USL teams now, just USL teams. Um, so um, the scenario, uh, even for uh, an owner like this who wanted to, to kind of rotate, uh, wanted to have his coaches rotate the squad during um, Open Cup, it was difficult under MLS's own roster rules. And he, and he told me, it's MLS's rules. It's our rules. It's not U.S. soccer's rules with the Open Cup. Then again, this is many years ago. But I, I still think that's the issue. MLS is complaining about wanting to give guys games and, uh, um, and, and, and getting young players exposure, which I thought was all window dressing. This is all stuff they said to justify their decision, which I think we, we can all agree was made for other, other reasons. But let's take them at their word and say that that's why they wanted and, 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 and pretend like that's why they actually want to leave the Open Cup uh, and, and field their reserve teams instead. Well, then change your own roster rules. Change the ability for, and I think it might be difficult for some teams like uh, Nashville because their um, two teams is in Huntsville and they don't train together. Uh, and and that's, uh, it's not a substantial distance, but it's still logistically a little more difficult. Um, but with other teams whose two teams play in the same, same train in the same facility and, and maybe play in the same stadium, uh, then it, it could have been worked out if MLS's own roster rules were different. But as you and I both know, Daniel, two days before MLS pulled out of the Open Cup or attempted to pull out of the Open Cup, they also rejected any change, meaningful change, to the structure of the rosters and the salary cap, which um, I, 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 I kind of understand it. I actually, on social media, defended it and said, which no one liked, right? But I defended and said, okay, I understand MLS is probably not bringing in enough revenue at this moment. Uh, maybe in a year or two, that situation will change. But... I didn't realize they were then going to withdraw from the Open Cup. So, uh, you know, my, my comments on that Wednesday when they made the decision not to change their roster rules were null and void once they pulled out of the Open Cup. Because then I realized, okay, they're doing it so they have a pretext to pull out of the Open Cup. That's why they didn't raise the cap. That's why they didn't uh, change the roster rules. That's why they didn't liberalize the, the player movement between next pro teams in terms of loans and, and, uh, and first teams. This is why I've been reporting on Beyond the 90 Cardic that even though Major League Soccer is at a 3.0, 4.0 level, they're still managing themselves at a 1.0 level. That's the problem. They're still going to stick to their guns at a 1.0 level. This league has to grow up. This league must evolve. It has to evolve. It has to improve. Whatever I, – I, I'm sick and tired of the acronyms GAM. Tam, wham, bam, whatever you want to make up. <laughs> I, I mean, let's be honest with ourselves here. It's holding the league back. I mean, if you still want to have a salary cap, that's fine. But the archaic roster rules, the archaic, you know, 
discovery player rule, designated player rule. I mean, look, some of these things are going to have to be reduced or wiped out. Now, if you want to go slowly with it, that's fine. I understand. But sooner rather than later, there has to be, you know, push has to come to shove because this league has to grow up. It really, really must grow up and become a better and stronger league because no matter what, you're not going to see an MLS club winning a CONCACAF Champions Cup. Even if they do win the CONCACAF Champions Cup, they may not even win a FIFA Club World Cup. And then when you have our players going abroad and transferring to some of these great clubs in Europe – are they still going to be strong enough and be better enough to last an entire season in the European leagues? I mean, we're seeing right now at the moment, Giovanni Reina is having a poor attitude at Dortmund. Now, whether it's attitude related or maybe it's uh, maybe, you know, fitness related, I don't know, but obviously it sounds like, you know, he may be finding a new way to transfer out. We'll see what happens. But things are not working well over there. And even though I understand World Soccer Talk also had a report out saying there's not a single American player at the top 100 players playing, you know, the best 100 players in Europe. They're not even listed on there. That's fine. You know, that's okay because I don't think they're going to get graded anyway by some of the top newspapers in whether it be in England or in Germany or in Italy or in Spain or in France or wherever you have you, I don't think we're there yet. But at the same time, it is a little worrisome that maybe some of our players that are going to be leaving MLS and going to Europe, they may not get another fair shot. It'll be, oh, bring them over. Oh, they look fine here and there. And then all of a sudden, gone, no more. We're not using them. Yeah, and 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 I think um, you know the, the 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 reason why World Soccer Talk made a big deal about that actually was that because there was a uh, there, there was in the past uh, American players on those lists. I mean, I think Weston McKinney was actually on the list uh, a year ago. So, um, and and the way he's playing, he'll be back on the list actually. So I don't um, I'm not uh, concerned about uh, that actually in terms of in terms of uh, uh, him. Uh, but I do think we have a situation where. We have American players who maybe um, some of them feel a bit entitled. I think Gio Reyna fits that. That's why he, he had a problem with the national team also. Uh, I, I think in, in some other uh, football engagements, he might be off the national team permanently for the stunt he pulled um, and his parents pulled. So uh, I, I think that there's a sense of entitlement among some of these guys in Europe, whereas we have a good core of players in Major League Soccer who um, um, I, I think are working hard and applying themselves. Um, you could argue that there aren't that many impactful top American players in the league at this point. And, uh, that's fair. I mean, I, I would say there are a few that stand out for me. Walker Zimmerman really stands out for me. I think he's outstanding. There, there are a few others also. Um, but the bottom line is um, we are in a position now where in order to continue to grow the game, and this stuff is all cyclical, right? Um, the, 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 line, the, the situation is not – uh, linear, linear. It's not uh, uh, you're constantly improving. Your players are constantly getting better. You're 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 always on an upward trajectory. That is not the case. You go through highs and lows. 
You have good generations of players. You have bad generations of players. You have uh, prodigal talents that show up every now and then. We had that with Landon Donovan in terms of the national team. Uh, we've had that with a few other guys that I'd argue Michael Bradley uh, was on that level. Uh, even if uh, a lot of people listening don't, don't agree with me on that, I, I would take Bradley over any of the guys. Bradley in his prime over any of the guys we have right now, uh, personally. Um, but um, the bottom line is you have to deepen your player pool. You have to have the infrastructure built in your country to sustain that growth, to constantly be producing players, to give players opportunities so that they can continue to, to, to uh, um, develop. Because there isn't one specific development path that's right. Uh, there's no one-size-fits-all formula for player development. So that is why you need adult amateur leagues. That's why you need NPSL to be strong. That's why you need NISA to, to grow and, 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 be, uh, uh, and have NISA Nation as an incubator for their professional clubs. This is why you need a strong USL. This is why it's good MLS has reserve teams. Um, and you, we can have the same discussion on the women's side, right? We're talking about the men's side tonight, so we'll, we'll just stick to the leagues I mentioned. So this is why you need to have a U.S. Open Cup competition. It's not just for us, the fans. It's not just for the local community, although those are the important things for me personally because small amateur clubs, uh, 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 lower division clubs that's really, that are really connected to the community is, 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 is uh, the essence of football. But it's also for the player development aspect. It's also for, so that the players are aspirational. It's also so they have a shop window where people can see them. And I get that MLS kind of understands that, which is why they turned around and said, well, we need more games for our guys. We need more games for the reserve team players. We need more guys for our guys in MLS academies to develop. I'm all for that. I'm for reserve teams. I'm not like some of these pro-rel zealots who go around saying, oh, reserve teams are stupid and there shouldn't be reserve teams uh, playing independent clubs. I don't buy that at all. I actually want players to get game experience. I want players to get to improve. I want players to get better. Tyler Adams is a great example. Red Bull, who played in USL. Red Bull 2 won in USL with Tyler Adams on that and a couple other good players on that team, by the way, too. Aaron Long played some games yep. for them that, that season as well. Yep. Um, but um, but th- that's what I want to see. So MLS's decision to create their own league and pull their reserve teams out of USL I don't think has been productive at this point. Now, will it be productive if MLS next pro fills out with a bunch of independent clubs and these guys are getting competitive games? Yes, it will. But – what, by saying what they did it, as their pretext for pulling out of the Open Cup, Daniel, they admitted, and Alexi Lawless admitted it in, in the tweet he, he said. He actually, I think, characterized it really well. These guys are not getting meaningful enough games. Um, a, a, a parent of a player who was playing an MLS Next Pro phoned me up not long ago. Uh, and I told him to, do, to deal with his agent, not deal with me. But... Um, he said, you know, it, it didn't work out. You know, my, my, uh, my, 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 my kid, he went and played, uh, got drafted in the MLS Super Draft, played for uh, this MLS club. How, how did he get into USL? He needs to get that higher level game that he's not getting in the, in the uh, MLS Next Pro. So they, there is an issue right now with MLS, and maybe it doesn't. It's not an issue three or four years from now when MLS Next Pro is built out and Jacksonville's coming, Jacksonville Armada are coming in. Chattanooga FC, very high-level club coming in. Carolina Core, which is being run by uh, uh, two guys I think very highly of, and Andy Smith and Evan Mitz, two guys I've worked with before. 
uh, on the front office side. Uh, they're coming into MLS next pro next year. I think they're going to do an outstanding job. Eddie Pope was involved with them on the soccer side. You talk about one of those standout elite U.S. players. I take Eddie Pope over any center back we have currently. Um, so there is hope for MLS Next Pro, but right now those guys aren't getting games. That is not a, uh, get, getting high enough level games. That is not a justification for Garber and the MLS owners pulling out MLS teams from the Open Cup and saying, well, we need our guys to get competitive games, so we're going to throw them in the Open Cup. You never should have put them in a situation where they were playing meaningless reserve games instead of the sort of competitive games they got in USL. Last point here. Tyler Adams and Alfonso Davies. Um, Alfonso Davies is the best player ever uh, developed by, uh, produced by MLS. Uh, Barna, hands down. And then we talked about Tyler Adams, how good he's been. Those two guys I don't think develop as quickly as they do if those MLS reserve teams, Vancouver and New York, Red Bull, are not playing in USL at the time. I think that it takes them another year or two to develop. I, I mean, Davies got the Bayern and he hit the ground running. Um, and Alfonso Davies is, is arguably the best left-sided player in the world right now. Um, so uh, you, these things, you can develop guys if you do it right. Um, and I know I, I mean, there are people who come back to me and say, oh, well, you always mention Alfonso Davies and he's a one-off and MLS has, has introduced another player at that level. Okay, I, I can see that. But the next Alfonso Davies could be developed if we do it right. And pulling out of the open mm-hmm. cup is the opposite of that. It's doing it wrong. It's making sure we'll never have another Alfonso Davies or Tyler Adams or Ricardo Pepe produced out of uh, this system. One player I think has probably maybe matched, not exactly, but, you know, he's getting there is, of course, and I'm going to be biased about it because I do cover the New York Rebels, and that's John Tolkien. John Tolkien, I think, is finally now making those strides to be at the level of where Alfonso Davies can be or, or is at the moment. John Tolkien's not there yet, but he's made some amazing strides to get there. And uh, we'll see what happens with the Olympic team this, this upcoming summer in Paris. Um, He's been on the Olympic uh, squad for, uh, for friendlies. So we'll see if John Tolkien will be a part of that Olympic squad officially uh, when that uh, team gets announced. But, you know, I want to go back to U.S. soccer here for a minute. Because what we've seen from them in 2023, once Turner Sports made that agreement to become uh, U.S. Soccer's broadcast partner for the men's team, for the women's team. It also included the U.S. Open Cup. And when you saw the opening montage of every Open Cup broadcast, no matter what round it was, it was during the men's national team games on TNT during their Nations League home and road matches against Guyana and El Salvador. And when they were in Orlando, of course, at the time, Orlando was the defending champion. And they actually had the Open Cup next to the TNT crew pitch side at Explora Stadium. That was fantastic. And then out of nowhere, 
CBS Sports came in and said, we want to be a part of the Open Cup experience too. So they were designated three matches on their Galazzo network in each round. Then, of course, two quarterfinal matches on the Galazzo network. And then all of a sudden, as we all know, Turner uh, opted out of the Open Cup broadcast. And CBS said, fine, we'll take it over. And took over both semifinals and the final. Of course, everyone knew Lionel Messi was coming to MLS and and Inter-Miami qualified uh, for the semifinals after beating Birmingham Legion 1-0 in Birmingham. And then, of course, out of nowhere, Telemundo steps in and there's Andres Cantor calling the semifinal and the final involving both games with Miami. And I also want to share the tweets of Chris Kessel. You know Chris. I know Chris. He is a member of the West Virginia State Soccer Association. Here are the tweets he made on Twitter when MLS announced that they were, opt- they were trying to opt out of the Open Cup. And this is what he tweeted. I know U.S. soccer had planned to ramp up marketing around the Open Cup this year with their now fully staffed internal team, along with delivering dollars to support it from their new initial, uh, excuse me, new internal sponsorship team. They knew all of this was happening. The excitement around the Open Cup within U.S. soccer's professional staff was palpable when I was in Chicago over the summer. It was an exciting time for the competition. To me, these things seem to run in the face of the media campaign MLS ran, attempting to set the narrative around the competition, almost as if they are the reason for Don Garber's statements and MLS's decision. They knew they had a very short window before the excited, talented, and driven U.S. soccer staff now in control of marketing and selling a very compelling and historic competition to engaged partners and broadcasters delivered giant results. If MLS waited even one more year, it would be too late. The Open Cup would be very much on the way to what everyone who paid attention to it thought it could uh, it could always have been. To me, Kardec, this is my opinion and my assumptions. I'm not saying I have rumors. I'm not saying I have sources. This is just my opinion. The job that CBS Sports has done with the Open Cup, including what David Applegate has done taking over as match commissioner for the Open Cup tournament itself, to me signals that CBS Sports could be the full-time partner, the full-time broadcasting partner for the U.S. Open Cup, meaning every match of every round to be broadcasted and or streamed through of their platforms like they are doing with the USL Championship and USL League One games through CBS Sports Network, CBS Sports Galazzo Network Online, the Paramount Plus app, and anything and everything connected to the Open Cup. 
what CBS Sports has done for the game, not only for the Champions League, the Europa League, and the Conference League in UEFA, for CONCACAF tournaments in the Nations League and World Cup qualifying, for the Italian Serie A, for the Brazilian Brasileiro, the Argentinian First Division, the NWSL for women's football, also for CONCACAF Women's Gold Cup coming through, and what they have done for the Open Cup, to me, it signals that the Open Cup is now on the radar. It took them long enough to do so, and we'll get to that part in a moment, but to me, it finally is showing the care and the want that the Open Cup is a part of American soccer fabric. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I uh, don't want to get too deep into the conspiracy theories, although I think this one is, is, is pretty straightforward, okay? Um, and I'm sorry for people who are listening who may, who, who may get angry about uh, me saying this. But the reality is this. Major League Soccer had a situation where they um, controlled the marketing rights to the Open Cup through Soccer United Marketing for years, for 17 years, I think, in total. Uh, I can check that uh, amount, but I think that that's the the reality. And there wasn't anything done of substance to grow this competition, to make this competition what it should be in terms of visibility, in terms of commercial sponsorships, in terms of the things that were needed to really uh, ramp up this competition in terms of what it should be, which is our one, our national championship, two, a place where you have David Goliath and versus Goliath stories, three, the only place in the United Sports, United States professional sports landscape where you can get a third division club playing a first division club with something on the line in a competitive match, not just an exhibition. Um, when uh, a double A team goes and plays a, a major league baseball team type of thing. And um, fourthly, it is your March Madness. It is your version of March Madness with amateur and professional clubs playing against one another. So Major League Soccer never saw the value in marketing this in such a way. They saw it largely as a throwaway competition. There were some clubs, uh, I'll, I'll even name them here, Seattle, uh, Philadelphia, Kansas City, uh, Red Bull, New York, uh, D.C. United, uh, that have, through the years, uh, D.C. United under previous ownership, uh, that have, through the years, uh, taken this uh, competition very seriously. Um, there are other MLS teams that threw the competition away every year. So there was always a difference of opinion within MLS. But this is something very significant. The Open Cup, the rights went back to U.S. soccer. They, they, they withdrew from their agreement with Soccer United Marketing. Now their commercial rights are held in-house. They have a marketing department. You mentioned the excellent David Applegate, who uh, I had gotten to know years ago when you and I were both at CSRN and he was doing work with the Federation. Uh, he came back recently, has taken over as the match commissioner for U.S. Open Cup, is doing uh, a knock-up job. Really, I, I can't say enough about the job he's doing. And I think soccer fans out there should really appreciate, get to know his name and appreciate the job he's doing, uh, David Applegate. Um, but he comes back into U.S. soccer, and now we have 
we're, we're able to watch the draw. We know when the matches are going to be on. We understand the regionalization of the, of the tournament. We see more and more features on social media and from U.S. soccer uh, promoting the Open Cup. We see more videos from U.S. soccer promoting the Open Cup, stuff MLS never did when they were in charge of the uh, marketing of the competition. And then suddenly, with all of this ramping up, MLS says, you know what, we don't want to be part of this because we have our own competition that we've created out of thin air that I know um, you're probably more qualified to talk about than me, Daniel, because you get more worked up about it. I'm, uh, again, you know, I, uh, I, I, I was wrong. I, I said two years ago and editorialized how excited I was by League Cup. And I did, because I did not foresee, again, maybe this is me being too naive about MLS's intentions. I did not foresee it as the vehicle MLS would rise to try and dismember the Open Cup. I just thought it was going to be another competition to get our guys meaningful games uh, in the middle of the summer. And I thought it was egalitarian because it allowed every MLS team in. The thing I don't like about European competition, or Europe, by European, I don't mean the domestic leagues. I love domestic leagues in Europe. The thing I don't like about Champions League um, and uh, uh, Europa League is, to me, they're very elite competition, right? Uh, Your uh, uh, Bournemouth don't get to play in them. Brighton's getting to play in it for the first time this year. I liked the idea that everybody was going to get to play in League Cup. Every MLS team was going to get to play in League Cup. But as it turns out, that's now a pretext for destroying our national championships. So I, I can't go with it. Uh, so I'll turn it over to you on that, Daniel, because I know you, uh, you have a lot to say about League Cup. And uh, everything you've said about League Cup has proven to be right. You were right, and I was wrong about it. Listen, it's a shame because, once again, it was Don Garber's dream to have Superliga uh, become a big competition. It really wasn't. And now that League's Cup came in, and to me, it should still be considered a nothing tournament. Just a simple, okay, you know, let's try and make it make sense. You know, let's just have another competition between Liga MX teams and MLS teams only. It doesn't count, whatever it is. Just let them have their fun, and that's it. But then all of a sudden, when... CONCACAF got scared, and obviously MLS forcing League's Cup onto CONCACAF to make it an official competition. That's why I got upset and angry, because it is not Major League Soccer's job to shove down the throats of CONCACAF President Victor Montagliani to make League's Cup something permanent. And at the same time, it also added fixture congestion. So, and, and here's the thing that really bothers me is that, you know, I have friends who, okay, well, he keeps telling me, he kept telling me, well, you know, I played soccer too, and I've done this and I've done that. And why not, you know, make a poll to see what's better, the Open Cup or League's Cup? And I'm like, but, you know, we can't. I can't do a poll like this because it's only been one year that League's Cup's been an official competition. The Open Cup has been a competition for over 100 years. No, just do it. Just do it. And, of course, I was right that everyone picked the Open Cup over League's Cup. But he says, yeah, but look at that. It's 70% Open Cup, but there's 30% League's Cup. Like, yeah, because that's because Messi came. If Lionel Messi did not come to MLS, it would be 99% Open Cup. 
It's because Messi was there. One year of League's Cup being an official competition does not make it a legacy tournament, nor does it make it uh, a proper tournament that has history. It has no history. It only made history real history because Messi came to play. And what's going to happen after Messi is no longer playing and is going to join the ownership group? I, I know there's rumors about that. I'm not saying it to be acknowledging the rumors, but the point is when Lionel Messi's time is done, like Beckham's time was done, like Thierry Henry's time was done, Tim Cahill's time was done, like all these former fantastic footballers – when their playing time is done, what are they going to do? What's going to, who's going to be the next great player that's going to come over and they say, oh, League's Cup? Yeah, let me be that. No, no. League's Cup is nothing. League's Cup is just a gimmick. It's just adding three more spots to the CONCACAF Champions Cup for no reason. And then you eliminate intentionally MLS clubs and Division One clubs from the Open Cup because you're trying to – you know, end fixture congestion. Here's how you end fixture congestion, Major League Soccer. You get rid of the League's Cup because it is a fraudulent tournament that does not deserve to be born. Yeah, I, I can go with that. I agree with that in terms of, um, look, I, Super League was an interesting concept too, but eventually it didn't, it, it, it didn't happen. And here's the thing with League's Cup. That really uh, upset me, but I guess it is what it is. I mean, I, it upset me because I was pro-League's Cup, but, but now I'm not really pro-League's Cup anymore. The Mexican teams decided they were just going to use it as a preseason tournament, a warm-up. So then it, 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 it wasn't the competition that, that some of us thought it would be based on that, unfortunately. Yep, Unfortunately. And that's the problem we have, Kardec. And that's what I've been writing on Beyond the 90, the situation that Major League Soccer has been doing. It's not just Major League Soccer throwing the, under, throwing the Open Cup under the bus. Not just the attempt to uh, opt out of the Open Cup and putting in their third division clubs. What Major League Soccer is doing now, involving MLS Next Pro... They are trying, and you've said this too on many podcasts. You've written about it as well on Beyond the 90. You've said so on the World Soccer Talk podcast with Christopher Harris. Is that MLS is trying to cannibalize every single precious bit of land to run American soccer from the top to the bottom. And they are trying to make U.S. soccer meaningless. Because, look... There is USA Hockey and there is USA Basketball, but the truth of the matter is this. They don't govern the National Hockey League and they don't govern the National Basketball Association. The professional leagues in this country govern everything. Major League Baseball governs themselves. There is no USA Baseball. Yes, they'll have uniforms prepared for the USA Baseball. And if even there is a USA Baseball on the international level, there is no international tournament for baseball only created by Major League Baseball, the World Baseball Classic. They just wanted their own version of a Baseball World Cup. 
Sure, the Olympics allowed baseball, but in reality, it was the Olympics because there is no USA Baseball Federation. All USA Hockey does is relegate who's going to be a part of the IIHF, that's the International Ice Hockey Federation, their World Championships, and the World Junior Championships that's going on currently right now. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. They don't pressure the National Hockey League of the rules of the laws of the game. U.S. soccer is supposed to be the governing body of the sport in this country. And what Major League Soccer is trying to do is to nullify them and only worry about the national teams, whether it be the men, the women, the youth national teams for the boys and the girls. And that is as far as they go. Nothing more, nothing less. And that's why they're trying to make the Open Cup into nothing. Yeah. Yep, I I think that that's exactly right. And I think that this is um, the overriding concern now. They are effectively a marketing company. Major League Soccer. They are. Yes, they are. And they're marketing they Major League decision. Soccer. Yeah. So they have to make a decision whether the competition comes first or the marketing comes first. Now, um, the other issue here that we haven't raised to this point, and I know, I, I know we're, we're, we're running low on time, but is the Apple issue, the issue of Apple. And what Apple, yes. um, being the media rights partner who does not have open cup rights, but what that does to them, right? What mm-hmm. that does in terms of uh, their uh, lack of interest in the tournament. And quite frankly, what that means is that you're not going to get um, the sort of commitment you did out of, uh, in the past out of ESPN. Uh, exactly. Who, who would exactly. promote the Open Cup? And, and, and Apple wants... wants doesn't want MLS teams being part of um, being part of a competition they do not air. They do not want to have um, a situation where they are not um, they are not in control of um, the the broadcast rights for a competition. So this gets us to the point where I think. Um, you, 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 you discussed uh, on a show many months ago the messy documentary where MLA, Apple had chosen to just ignore that the Open Cup happened and that he played in the semifinal and final of the Open Cup. They just skipped it. Yeah, they skipped it. They really did. And that's what – and it should be – the real title of that documentary should be Messy – comes to MLS, not Messi comes to America. Because if you're not going to involve the Open Cup semifinal in Cincinnati, and unfortunately he couldn't participate in the final because of his injury, but you had a shot of him, you know, sitting, you know, in the uh, area near the benches, because, or he was actually in the bench, on the bench, but he couldn't play. You know, that's the whole thing. If you're going to make this about Messi coming to America, you have to count everything. Whether it's in MLS league games, League's Cup games, 
CONCACAF Champions Cup games, which will be next this upcoming February and March, you also have to include the Open Cup. You cannot ignore one thing but concentrate on everything else. That is wrong. That is farce. It is a farce. It is false. It is just absolutely terrible. And here's the other thing too, Cardick. You know, it, it just really bothers me, you know, that Major League Soccer continues to have, you know, a hand in everything else that's not involving them. Lower leagues, getting out of the Open Cup. Next thing you know, you know, obviously the youth, the youth teams playing in youth tournaments domestically. And this is where it's U.S. soccer's fault. U.S. soccer, they gave it a chance, all these youth league tournaments, and then they gave up because it got too expensive. MLS said, fine, we'll help you do it. And that's a mistake. And here's the other mistake. Yep, 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 yep. Keeping, keeping, keeping Don Garber as a member of the board of directors at U.S. Soccer because Don Garber should not have a voice in U.S. Soccer matters. You've told me this as well. The president of the English Premier League is not a member of the board of directors at the English FA. Nope. So if the if the Premier League president and the championship president and League One and League Two presidents and all the leagues involving, you know, no matter how many leagues England has from the Premier League all the way to the lowest of lows and the amateur level in England, if they don't have a president or the governing person of said league as a part of the English FA, well then look Don Garber should not be a part of the board of directors of U.S. soccer. And no offense to Paul McDonough, who's now the president of USL. He should not be part of USL as well. Uh, USL Soccer Association, I know it's John Paul Mata. I don't think John Paul Mata should be a part of U.S. soccer either, a part of their governing body. It should be U.S. soccer people who care about the game that governs the game properly because now we have just seen interference from a board member to take MLS out of the open cup whether Garber likes it or not the truth is he is the and I know he's the mouthpiece of some of the owners but the truth is he should not be a part of the board of directors of US soccer yeah i, I and he shouldn't be uh, I mean, the, the, this idea that the Pro League Council uh, makes these decisions and he influences those decisions, um, you could argue he, he, his fiduciary duty has been violated, right? He violated his fiduciary duty with his behavior in this matter. Uh, that's for the lawyers to sort out. But he shouldn't be a member of the board. You need an independent regulator. That means that Alec Papadakis or uh, Jake, well, Jake, Jake isn't there anymore. He's at Huddersfield. Uh, 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 Paul McDonough, uh, those guys uh, shouldn't be uh, uh, John Cruz from NISA. They shouldn't be on the board of governors either. John Paul Mota, you mentioned that. He's been on the board longer than anyone. He shouldn't, probably shouldn't be on the board either. Um, and then same thing with, uh, uh, with, with whoever from NPSL, right? If Kenny Farrell got on the board or, or Cindy got on the board, Cindy Sparrow, they shouldn't be on the board either. So you have to have a you have to have some transparency here, and you have to have a situation where 
you have an entity that is able to govern itself objectively without interference and be kind of above everything, a layer above to govern, to resolve disputes, to mediate disputes, to arbitrate things. So that's what needs to happen. And I think this is a wake-up call. The board should be completely independent. Exactly. It has to be independent of everything. And listen, look, this is why Sunil Gulati, when he was president of U.S. Soccer, this is why he was able to work well with Don Garber to put – I'm not saying to put him in his place, but to at least, you can say, leash him because they were both on the same page. Because even though Gulati – look, I'm not agreeing with everything he's done, but you can agree with me that he was there to keep the peace. He knew what to do. He knew how to handle – Whatever complaints there were from MLS, he can handle it. Whatever complaints there were from USL, he can handle it. Whatever complaints came below USL and in the amateur levels, he could handle it and he could do the job. Obviously, the downfall of not qualifying for the World Cup in two, for 2018 was his downfall, but we can agree that he was able, because he's a soccer guy, because he knew what to do. He knew how to calm the waters when it got very wavy. you got to give him credit for that. But now, now, you're seeing Cindy Parlo Cohn and JT Batson, as well as David Applegate, now finally you know, joining forces and waking up and now hopefully they are all understanding the situation that's in front of them about what Don Garber and MLS tried to do. Because I'm telling you right now, I bet you, and I know David Applegate very well too, because when Don Garber and MLS pulled that off, bet you David Applegate was not happy that happened. I bet you he went straight to both Batson and Cohn and said, guys, what in the hell is he doing? What in the hell is Don doing trying to take out the Division I clubs in MLS out of our Open Cup? That is not what he is supposed to do. It is in the pro league standards. It is also in the bylaws of American soccer that any and every competition an American club gets involved with, whether domestically or internationally, Division I clubs must participate, must participate. And for MLS to pull that off was just an absolute disgrace, and it was just a complete crap show. Yeah, and it was, and it was uh, an insult. It was, quite frankly, an insult to the entire game and an insult to the fans, right? Because um, they didn't realize how much this meant to their own supporters. They didn't realize how much exactly. this hurt their own supporters. They hadn't surveyed their own supporters. That much nope. is obvious. In spite of what Dan Courtmont and, and Nelson Rodriguez, by the way, I have a lot of respect for both those guys. I mean, I think Nelson is really good at what he does. He's been good at what he's done for years. Um, and I, I'm sure Dan, Dan didn't like saying what he had to say because he probably knew they had messed up. They stepped in it. And it was damage control. 
But that was nonsense. It was absolute nonsense what they said that day, which was, oh, well, we had, uh, you know, the majority of fans, they don't care about the Open Cup. That was absolute rubbish. Garbage. Rubbish. Garbage. Absolutely. And you know what happened on social media, ladies and gentlemen? And, it, and if, if you are a supporter of an MLS club, listening to this show right now, we, Cardick and I, would like to applaud you for taking the stance that you have. And let me also say this to all of you that are listening to this episode right now, whether live or will you listen to this uh, when it's archived on the replay. You said that you will uh, you will avoid League's Cup this year. Do yourselves a favor and basically ban yourselves from a League's Cup match, period. Whether your club is hosting uh, a match or on the road, whether it be another MLS club or a Liga MX club, don't go. And if it has to be uh, Liga MX fans of that said club that your MLS club is playing against, let them go to the games. Let them do the Mexican wave at your MLS stadiums. Because you want to know why? Because when MLS does the counting of the attendance, and when they watch on Apple TV who the real fans are going to those games – and it's only the Liga MX fans and not the MLS fans. If the supporter sections are empty for League's Cup, that is the real signal and the sign to tell MLS, we will no longer tolerate what you have done to us trying to get out of the Open Cup. Because that tournament has been around a lot longer than what League's Cup has been. Period. Ban those games. Don't attempt it. And even if your club does go all the way to the final, and they do apparently do qualify for the CONCACAF Champions Cup, do not go to any League's Cup matches, and do not go to the final if you're hosting it. Yeah. I think that's fair. And, you know, in fact, I, I'm not even sure the Mexican fans, Mexican fans might join you in solidarity. You know, once, once I, I'm sure a lot of them uh, are outraged that, especially if they live in the U.S., about the Open Cup. Because the, the thing I've noticed is there are a lot of, a lot of Liga Mexican fans who like Cruz Azul or uh, Club America or whoever, who then support local amateur teams here in the States that compete in the Open Cup. They were probably angry, too. They might join you in solidarity and say, forget this League's Cup nonsense. And at the same time, Cardick, you know, what's the point of having this League's Cup tournament if it's only going to be in the U.S. and Canada and you're forcing Liga MX teams to be vagabonds to travel all over the country, all over the U.S. and crossing over the Canadian border how many times, depending on who plays Toronto, Montreal, or Vancouver? Right, right. I mean – And we know what happened last year, right, when that happened. We know, yep. we know the problem yep. difficulties. Exactly. Exactly. Because the truth of the matter is this, is that Don Garber and Major League Soccer, they're not caring about what the Mexican league teams are going through. All they're counting on is uh, the dollars, the popularity, and having Apple TV broadcasting everything. I know 
Univision's TUDN is a partner in this, but still, though, I mean, it's just an absolute crap. I, I'm I'm sorry, it is, and it really bothers me that you got a club like LAFC who not only qualified for the Concacaf Champions League final, lost to Club Leon in both legs, um, they and even the Campeones Cup is also a crap tournament, a crap one match thing just to see who's the better club, uh, the best of Liga MX against the MLS Cup champion. I I I joke around, even though I'm being really mean about it, saying it's really chocolate wrapped in gold foil uh, ter- trophy. Um, you know, and then of course they lose in the CONCACAF Champions League final to Club Leon, and of course they lost to the Columbus Crew in the MLS Cup final. And look, there's nothing to sneeze at. They deserve to win. They deserve to be in those two finals, you know, internationally and domestically, but they lost them both. Because why? Because of fixture congestion. And why because of the fixture congestion? Because of two things. Because number one, also think about this, Cardick. U.S. soccer, you know, was forced to take away prime dates in July and August for Open Cup dates so that League's Cup could be played. And, of course... During the CONCACAF Champions League, first leg and second leg matches, what was also being played during that time? The U.S. Open Cup. I mean, I understand for those people or those supporters that are rooting for their MLS teams to play in the CONCACAF Champions League to see them advance. But what about American soccer media members who also cover not only those MLS clubs in the CONCACAF Champions League, now the Cup, but also have to cover the Open Cup as well. I mean, for me, I had to DVR Champions League matches on Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports 2, and Fox Soccer Plus, or, you know, just so I can watch Open Cup games. And then I had to rewatch the games I DVR'd, so that on Fridays, I would do my recaps for the CONCACAF Champions Cup, and then after the weekend, those Mondays, I had to review the Open Cup. So I couldn't do a regular show. Even if I, if I, even if I did want to do a regular show afterwards on Tuesday, I couldn't because there's a CONCACAF Champions League second leg happening, and I couldn't do a regular show. So think about, for those of us that want to cover American soccer as a whole, this interruption is going to continue on only once with the second round proper of the Open Cup. And I also believe either the first or the second leg matches of the round of 16 are going to be interfered with. That's the only time it's going to happen in 2024. But think about the... uh, the interference for American soccer journalists and American soccer, uh, you know, online journalists like yourself and me that we got to, you know, we can't take our eyes off of the Open Cup because we got to look at the Champions League now. Or we can't take our eyes off Champions League because there's Open Cup. I mean, think about the, the nuisance that we have to go through. Right. But, they're the, but again, to the point, they're the ones who caused this, MLS. Correct. I, I'm not denying that there's fixture congestion now, as, as you're laying out. And, and, and I think the bottom line is that uh, the Open Cup is a 100-year-old competition. It, it's cherished by fans. It, it, is, it is open. It is accessible. It is so important to the supporters uh, uh, 
from the from the lowest amateur division to the very top in MLS. Um, and yes, MLS themselves chose to devalue the competition. MLS themselves chose to uh, to to, to um, behave as if the competition was beneath this one-year-old competition. Leeds Cup, or actually, I guess Leeds Cup is technically a few years old. Uh, this was the first year they had everybody in it, but um, that's it's right. Just embarrassing. The whole thing uh, is, is patronizing too. So I think the thing that to me is very important is that going forward, MLS understands that they can't pull this again and they must compete in the Open Cup. The fans have made that clear. And um, U.S. soccer understands how important this competition is to the fans and we want to thank them for holding the line. Now, Something else that's important to note is that everything MLS does now is predicated on some sort of um, some sort of financial plane. They had the opportunity when they ran the Open Cup to make it lucrative financially. I mean, I yep. heard what uh, what 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 uh, 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 Dan Courtmont said. Okay, uh, in, in in his press conference, I agree with him. I actually agree with him. But the problem is that they marketed the competition for years, and they didn't do those things, the things he was complaining about in terms of the marketing and the draw and all of these things. So I, 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 don't, uh, I, I don't find what, what's been said and what's been talked about very amusing, quite frankly. It was all a ruse. It was, and, and here's the thing. What U.S. soccer has to do now and you've seen this as well. Um, the FA Cup has a title sponsor, which is uh, at the time it was Budweiser. I think now it's the Emirates Airlines that's uh, the title sponsor for uh, the Open Cup. You know, um, Arthur Blank, who is the owner of Home Depot, or I, I don't know if he still is. If he if he if he is, great. If not, I understand. But you know, I mean. He just gave U.S. Soccer uh, a big donation to move everything out of Chicago to go down to the Atlanta area to build a brand new uh, soccer house, training fields for the national teams. I mean, couldn't he have Home Depot sponsor the Open Cup tournament to give and to help with the finances of the of the prize money? I understand it's three hundred thousand dollars. I understand it's still not high. But, you know, the, the hope is, is that you can get a title sponsor now for the Open Cup to make these situations better. Um, and my hope is, once again, like I said, I don't believe I don't have any information, but my hope is with the great job that CBS Sports has done to produce soccer, not only in this country, not only uh, for the women's game and what's going on in Europe and, of course, uh, in South America and in Brazil and Argentina – Honestly, I would love to see CBS Sports give U.S. soccer, uh, you know, money to say this is for you so that we are live and able to broadcast every single match of every single round of the U.S. Open Cup. We are putting our, mo- our money where our mouth is. And look at look at the job they've done. Pete Radovich Jr., and I hope to have him on my show to talk about this. What he has done has been tremendous for the Amazing. game and has made CBS Sports more respected 
than what ESPN has done, definitely 10 million times more than what Fox Sports has done. That's the truth. Now, Radovich is amazing. I mean, I, I, I concur with you on that. I, I, I want to uh, give props to him. I got, I got to spend some uh, time, a long-time admirer of his, but got to spend some time with him at Destination Miami uh, last month, and, and I just blown away by his uh, – I, I would call the man a genius, quite frankly. And, how, and, and he did it with the NFL. He did it with golf. Now he's doing it with soccer. And he told me, he told me um, look, uh, in Europe, in England, in, in, in Serbia – in, in, in Italy, they're coming up to him saying, hey, you know, we love how you produce Champions League for the American audience. Uh, we'd like some of that here on our television. Um, he was innovative with the NFL today, and now he's taking that global with uh, CBS's UEFA Champions League coverage. Um, but the point is that same coverage could be applied to this Open Cup competition. Exactly. And so this is, again, a threat to Apple, a threat to MLS's Apple deal. Yeah, it really is. And, and, and here's the other thing, too, if you think about it. You know, I'm not opposed for Apple TV to get some Open Cup games. I'm not opposed to that. If they want to be a part of it, then they should send you a soccer some money and say, we want to be a part of this. Just like in England, what is it, two or three different channels that are producing uh, Premier League matches and Open yeah. and, and yeah. FA Cup matches? Listen, if NBC wants to be a part of this again and they want to be a part of Open Cup, because I know they're doing semifinals and final on Telemundo, but I mean if NBC proper wants to call matches from the Open Cup, let them. I don't care. Let them come in. Does ESPN want back into Open Cup matches? Let them. Let them come in, whether it be on ESPN, ESPN2, or the ESPN+. Plus. It's fine. I don't care. Does Fox want to come back into it? And, and you know, maybe we can – they I, want to I, show I, some I, respect? I, I, yeah, I have to be honest about this. You know, I interviewed Cindy Carlo Cohn about two years ago, and she told me she wanted to leverage. I asked her point blank about Open Cup. She said, it's, 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 it's an asset for us. We're going to leverage it. Which, yeah. which which was music to my ears, but I thought, yeah, they've never done it, right? And MLS has has, has literally, you know, uh, uh, disrespected the competition. But she was right; they absolutely, yep. they, they 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 are they are trying to leverage this as an asset, U.S. soccer, which is why yeah. that getting back, you know, I I, I, I I to to wrap this thing up, that was the reason Major League Soccer decided they were going to pull back. They want to control the asset. They want to control the money. Exactly. That is, that exactly. is the bottom line here. And that's why they want to make U.S. Soccer Federation irrelevant and neuter them because they want to control the domestic game in this country. They're not supposed to. They're just supposed to be worrying more about what they do for Division I soccer, not find a way to knock, to knock out USL, to not knock out NISA, to not knock out NPSL or the amateur leagues. That should be all separate and U.S. soccer should be better governing the game in this country. And right now, they have been infiltrated by Don Garber for too damn long. Listen, I give Don Garber complete credit 
for how he kept Major League Soccer afloat when they had to. I give him credit for keeping MLS going the way they have, you know, because if it's not for him, MLS would be along with the first version of the North American Soccer League, dead and buried, that we would not have uh, new ownership groups, more stadiums being built. The foothold would not be here, and the sport would have been dead again. I give him credit for that. What I cannot stand anymore is his continued interference, and at the same time, some of these owners, and yes, half of the owners are from the National Football League. We can't ignore that. Charlotte FC, New England uh, Patriots, uh, New England Revolution – um, now uh, the, uh, the Haslam's who own the Cleveland Browns, they own the Columbus crew, even though they've done a marvelous job with the Columbus crew, building lower.com field, understanding the soccer situation that's in front of them. Tality of these owners that are coming from the NFL, they must understand it's a different animal and they must They must stop with the continued interference of trying to force MLS to be the governing body of the sport and to neuter U.S. soccer. You cannot do this at this level nor with this sport because then CONCACAF has to get involved, FIFA has to get involved, and the point is is that I know they're looking. I bet you they're looking. They're watching. I know they don't want to interfere with what's going on over here. But sooner rather than later, they're going to have to throw their two cents in and say, I'm sorry, this now has to stop. And Cardick, though I had plenty of time on this one, I knew we were going to go over an hour on this one. So if you have any final thoughts on this situation, please give it to us right now. No, I think we covered it all. I mean, I think the, uh, the most important thing to point out is that the fans made a difference in this. The media made a difference in this. Everybody rallied. So once a decision is made by uh, Don Garver and the MLS board, it is not final. It is subject to the way the fans react. Just like the Save the Crew moment. This was the Save the Crew moment for the entire country. Save the Crew was great for Columbus. Uh, We were full supporters here. But this is the Save the Crew moment for uh, the sport as a whole in North America here in the United States. Absolutely. I also want to say this. I I originally invited on Peter Wilt to come on the show. Obviously, I had my technical issues. I I let him go on this one because I wanted him to enjoy the holidays and everything. But, you know, Peter Wilt, former general manager of the Chicago Fire, was involved in all of Chicago's four U.S. Open Cup championships. He was also GM part owner, uh, not part owner, excuse me, GM, uh, of building Indy 11 of USL Championship. He was also general manager and helping to build Forward Madison of USL uh, League One. I should also say Indy 11, of course, was part of the NASL's second uh, coming. Cardick knows that because he was working with Peter Wilt at the time when they were part of the North American Soccer League, then, of course, moved on to USL Championship. And Peter Wilt is also the owner of Chicago House AC, was of Nissa to start that league, now, of course, no longer in Nissa, in the amateur ranks. 
He was not happy this happened either because he also loves the Open Cup on all levels of U.S. soccer. MLS, first division, USL, NASL, second division, uh, championship, USL League One, third division, also NISA, third division, and then amateur now with Chicago House uh, in the lower amateur levels. You know, he was uh, angry. He was upset. He was pissed that MLS decided on this. And, you know, for Peter, I know he's a happy man that U.S. Soccer said no to that request. They rejected it. And my ending is this. The Open Cup is sacrosanct. The Open Cup is what this sport is all about. The love of the game, to see the Davids getting an opportunity to knock off a Goliath because they want to be measured against the professionals. The amateurs want to knock off the professionals. The lower-ranked professionals want to knock off the big boys. And if you can't have that, you won't get those fantastic moments that we have seen, not just here domestically, but to even share those that happened, like Saarbrücken, what they did to Bayern Munich in the Pokal in Germany, what Hercules did to Ajax of Amsterdam in the DNVB Cup. That is what makes this sport beautiful, brilliant, and fantastic. Kardik, as always, thank you very much for uh, joining me tonight. Happy holidays to you and happy new year to you and your family. Uh, hope to have you back on for 2024. There's going to be a lot of soccer to talk about here in the States and a lot of tournaments to talk about. Thank you again for joining me to talk about this moment. Yeah, thank you very much, Daniel, and, and uh, happy new year to all listeners. Thank you very much. And once again, uh, Carter Krishnari from World Soccer Talk, uh, also at Beyond the 90, doc, uh, Beyond the 90 at beyondthe90.substack.com. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Happy holidays to all of you. Happy New Year to all of you. Talk to you in the brand new year. And have a good night. And as always, please enjoy your football. Take care so long and happy new year, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.